Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan Carson, and I'm the director of Student Ministry Matters. And on today's podcast, I have with me Chris Vine. Say hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Nice, nice. Hey, we are going to be talking about smartphones today as we continue the conversation about student ministry. And we are, I'm looking forward to this conversation, mainly because it's something we all deal with. And whether you are in a big church or a small church, you have to navigate that. And I'd say sometimes it's maybe even harder in a smaller church, uh, because if you do the wrong thing in the wrong way and somebody gets their feelings hurt, um, you know, people drop out. And so it's a little bit tougher to navigate. Well, Chris, what have you been up to? It's been a little bit since we have had the chance to to get together on the podcast. Uh, what have you been up to? Oh, man, uh, a lot. Over the last three weeks, uh, let's see, it has snowed 22 inches at my house, and then all of that melted. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I think everybody in the country got snow at some point, it feels like. But uh, yeah, we ended up getting 22 inches in hope. Had a good time in that, uh, but then you know, after about day four of that, we were we were over it and kind of ready to get back to normal. That all melted away, and now it's it's stormy, uh, so it's like going straight into kind of springtime weather. It feels like where we got the the first level of uh, tornado threats and all that kind of stuff. I mean, nothing serious at this point, but that's going on. Uh, and then, but really, the the fun thing that's been going on in my life, I just finished a. Uh, being with um, one of our sister churches down in Texas, uh, Farley Street Baptist Church, great church down there in Waxahachie, Texas. Um, got to do a uh, a D-Now weekend with them uh, and their students and just had a great time. Jimmy Brock is the, the student pastor there um, and uh, just had a great time just spending the weekend with him and his students. And uh, I believe, now Dan, you, you need to help me here, but I know Jimmy, uh, he has, they have a student ministry podcast as well. Just give them a little shout out. Uh, but the name of their podcast, it's, it's leaving my brain. Do you, do you have it? I do. It's how to youth ministry, how to youth um, ministry. That's Jimmy right. and a couple of his friends. Yeah. I've had a chance to interview those guys and spend some time with them on their podcast. Um, uh, they cover a wide range of things, very practical in nature. A lot of the same things that we're trying to do, uh, just trying to speak to, whatever context, you know, that people are in. And so um, I bet it was a good time with that church. Yeah, it was, man. Great time. So what have you been up to? Um, well, you know, like you, because we're here you know, in the same state, but, you know, we're, I don't know, five hours apart, um, yeah. somewhere around like that. It, we, we, had the same, we had the same thing. We had the snow, we had the ice. And what is crazy to me is that in a week's time, we shifted from negative five to 75. I mean, there was like an 80 degree shift and you know, that's, that's Arkansas for you, but that was one week. <laughs> so <laughs> it's been insane. You know, it affects, affects church because those of us here in the South, we don't know how to handle 
winter weather. And so for the most part, if it gets icy or snow, uh, that means a canceled service. But here's the deal. Everybody shifted to digital for school. So there were a lot of students having to have virtual days at home and the same with church. So we still had church. We pulled a small team up to the church and did a recording. And I don't know about you guys. How did y'all handle the the snowy Sunday that we had? Or did you have one? Yeah, it was a snowy Sunday, uh, but we, well, the show went on, if we want to put it that way. It uh, we, we had some great, great, great help from our deacons and kind of cleared out some pathway. Cliff Johnson, our pastor, he even grabbed a shovel and uh, did a little work. And so wow, um, I did not show up and I'm sure I will hear about that for years to come. <laughs> I mean, I showed up for church. Well, but- oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it, um, yeah, it, the, the show kind of goes on. Um, you guys, me and Cliff are, is much more spiritual than I am. So that's, that's what happens. But well, <laughs> You know, tonight we're going to be talking about smartphones um, and whether your students are middle school, junior high, high school, um, you know, they may be dealing with that and be looking at that. One of the things that I've been really pleased and excited about is a new partnership that we've had. We've announced them more than once now, uh, but Central Baptist College is one of our official partners partners with the, the Student Ministry Matters podcast. And so they, they are that school that you can go to, you can be a part of. Chris and I are both alumni from there. Uh, we did took the more traditional route, meaning that we were in classes, uh, but they have some online options. So if you need a college degree, but don't necessarily have the time, they have something called the PACE program. Um, it's a college degree program at Central Baptist College in Conway. And it has a proven in-class, online, or hybrid course format and multiple degrees to fit your schedule. Now, They understand that if you can't quit your full-time job, which is why they have developed a flexible format to help those that are maybe a few years outside of uh, the normal college age so that they could earn those degrees. Uh, The best way to get started is to visit cbc.edu slash online. You can contact them. Great folks there. Just call uh, the office and they will get you connected with the right people. It's a great program and a lot of students have had the opportunity to go that route. Just want to give them a shout out. We love those guys and we're encouraged by our partnership that we have with them. Uh, they have both the traditional as well as this online program. Well, we want to hop into this discussion and I thought the best way for us to do that would be to talk about what we've had in the way of smartphones ourselves. And so I was going to ask Chris and Zach couldn't be with us for this podcast, but I know from us messaging one another back and forth right now, we all have iPhones. Uh, but have you always stuck to that, Chris? Have you been an iPhone guy? Uh, yes. So let's see. I In college, I got my first iPhone. It was a pretty big deal. Um, I remember that. And then I kept it for a while. And then I actually went back to a flip phone. And uh, I just... I, I'm. I'm kind of I'm kind of in and out on this minimalistic type ide- ideology. I, I really love uh, just the minimalist, um, you know, mindset. And so uh, I went back to the flip phone just to try to get rid of some distractions in my life, and and it worked well. But then I I actually started ministry, and I realized that I needed to. I was trying to 
use too many devices. So I had my flip phone and then like I had an iPod touch because I wanted to be able to check social media. And I was just like, there's a smartphone for this. And so I went back to the smartphone and, uh, when I did, yeah, I've had an iPhone ever since. Well, my first iPhone was a Christmas present from my wife. I had, let's see, I had a flip phone. I had bricks. I mean, I have, I go all the way back to our first, um, cell phone was the type that the bottom part would flip out and then you'd have a little antenna that you would have to pull out as well. And oh, so yeah, that's the that's the one that Tim um, Allen uses on on uh the Santa Claus movie. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> and you know that's that's what we had for the longest time with just these variety of flip phones. Um, when I started student ministry again, um kind of came back to it in 2007 working with the good folks at Temple uh, Baptist Church and Rogers, I started texting students and having to use a flip, flow, flip phone, I'll get it out here, and then to have to use the predictive text, that was that was a nightmare. Uh, but finally, my wife got me an iPhone 4. I thought I was big time, and I have stuck with it since then. Um, my whole family, they use iPhones. We have iPads. We have MacBooks. We have we have um, taken in the Kool-Aid. We are fully <laughs> on board with this whole Apple lifestyle. So yeah. you can you can judge me, um, you know. <laughs> but man, it is so easy when you can pull those things together and they can work that way. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, smartphones are difficult. They can be useful. You know, one of the things that as we begin this discussion, as a student pastor, I think you've already touched on it, Chris, um, how is it useful to have a smartphone as a part of your ministry tool bag? Yeah, I mean, I think just from the uh, keeping connected and and also messaging, man, sending a group message on a flip phone uh, to a bunch of parents or to a bunch of students uh, just doesn't work like, uh, like it does on a smartphone. So uh, I communicate to my parents uh, through the Facebook Messenger app and... Uh, you know, that's that's one of the main reasons why I, I have a smartphone is just so that I can communicate in an expedient way uh, to the people that I that I get to minister to. So I, I think for me, that's that's probably the the main reason I would say that I have a smartphone. And, um, you know, because I'm on social media, but I'm, I'm not like on every platform. So I could really I could really get rid of the smartphone from that standpoint if I wanted to. But, man, it would it would uh, really mess up how I communicate to people on a on a regular basis. So communi- communication is the, the big one for me. It is a big one. Besides Facebook Messenger, you have the ability to quickly text or use um the iMessenger, if you you have all iPhones, as your parents have all iPhones. But the, one of the other things is there's a number of apps out there that are good. Some places and some churches even use utilize things like Remind or GroupMe um, as ways to keep that communication going in other times. Now, I utilize my cell phone a lot for social media, but I'm also in charge of that for our church. I'm in charge of that for Student Ministry Matters, um, our student ministry. And so I am making use of it in that way where where you mentioned that you're not necessarily doing the same thing, Chris, but communication is what those things are about anyway. And so it becomes this fantastic tool for us to utilize. But just like any tool, it can have some drawbacks. 
I know that for me, I have gone through periods where I have just, I, I constantly live on that phone. And if I'm not careful, I find myself pulled into that world. Chris, have you experienced anything like that yourself? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think um, digital distraction is one of the big problems, and I don't mind calling it that because it is a problem, uh, a big problem that we see in just in our society. And and it touches home to every one of us because we've all experienced and and deal with, you know, digital distraction. And um, a recent article that I, I just looked up is by a guy named Tony Ranke. I, I, I love reading uh, Tony Ranke. Uh, some of you guys who are listening may recognize his name. He's the host for the uh, Ask Pastor John podcast, but uh, he's also written uh, several books. Uh, and one of them is 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. And I believe that book was released maybe in 2016 or 2017, but it's a great, it's a great resource on just um, understanding how smartphones and, and just technology in general uh, have, have changed the way that we do life. But he wrote an article kind of leading up to that book that talks all about reasons that we're addicted to digital distraction. Uh, and he listed three of them. And I'm not going to make this all about this article, but I thought it was worth me just at least mentioning these. But he says that he says that we use digital distractions to keep work away. We use digital distractions to keep people away. And we use digital distractions to keep thoughts of eternity away. I thought that was just very spot on because it really does come down to, uh, or he really hits on the reasons why we like to be distracted by our phones. You just think about uh, in our, our, our student groups, students use their phones, if we allow them, to purposely distract themselves from interacting with other people in the group. And so it really does keep them away. Mm -hmm. It gives, it gives yeah. us a, an excuse always in our pocket to get away from people if we want to. And it also gives us an excuse to keep work away. I mean, how many times have we as a youth pastor, and I think everybody listening to this probably will admit it, where we're just having a hard time getting focused on the things that really matter. And we pull our phone out to get sucked into the Facebook realm for 30 minutes, maybe even an hour if we're not careful. And uh, it distracts us from what's most important. And while we know that that's not a good thing, we uh, somehow welcome it into our life and, uh, and tolerate it and even, you know, are okay with it in many ways. So, for me, uh, I, I'm very aware of that, and I'm certainly not perfect at uh, avoiding that all the time, but I will admit that the distraction is real when it comes to having a smartphone. It's one of the main reasons, Dan, that I refuse to get a smartwatch. I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to people having a smartwatch. I think that they are, are really a, uh, what I'm talking about is the, the Apple Watch. I'm not opposed to people having that, but for me, I have many distractions in my life already, and the last thing that I need is um, another distraction on my wrist. So that's how I deal. That's how I deal with smartphones. Well, and it's it is, and it's the smart. I have an Apple Watch. It, like I said, we've drank the Kool Aid in the Carson family, and it is a real thing. You'll be going along, and all of a sudden, your wrist will little little buzz or you know vibrate, and you'll know. Oh, wait a minute, I've got a text. Well, that pulls you to your pocket, pull out your phone, you're all of a sudden you're on a 
a text stream and then all of a sudden, well, I'll go ahead and check this while I'm there. Check my email, check what's going on on Facebook. And then all of a sudden, 30 minutes has passed and you didn't even realize it. And so, yes, there are some real things. I love those things that you pointed out uh, from that article. Um, But man, the last one that you talked about is really, that's just stepping on some toes. Um, Mm. It distracts us from thoughts of eternity. One of the things that we're currently doing in our church is as a church, we're reading through Journey to the Cross. It's a 40-day Lenten devotional series by uh, Paul David Tripp, and it is fantastic because it's getting us to think about spiritual things in a sacrificial way, um, just some real, real good stuff there. And that's that's one of the things we distract ourselves with the all these screens that we have available to us. Well, you know, for student pastors like Chris and myself, we are dealing with that reality that we have to not only navigate that world ourselves, but then we have to be thinking about what's going on in our students' lives, what's happening with them. And it's going to vary from household to household because you may have parents who don't allow their their kids to have a phone at all. Um, And then you've got other families where they've had a phone since they were in fifth grade. And so that, I guess, is my next question, Chris. How young is your youngest phone owner? or operator that you have that's involved with your ministry? Uh, In my ministry, I would say, let me think about this. Uh, The youngest person is probably 13 uh, that has a phone, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm spoiled in my ministry because of the reason you just said, I, I have several parents who have committed to delaying giving their kids a phone. And that's really changed the dynamic of our ministry the last couple of years. And I've talked to those parents about that and really thanked them for that decision that they made. What I've noticed is because there's a majority of kids who have in my ministry now who have had a delay in receiving a phone, the kids who do have phones come in and they're the ones that feel out of place. And so it's weird to kind of, to kind of see for them and, uh, you can you can tell it on their faces when they come in and they they see everybody else having fun and they don't really know how to do that so they grab their phone and they immediately start distracting themselves and of course I try to come up to them and mm. tap tap on their phone and I and I say hey look there's there's real people around you right here right now and you can you can actually have fun with them <laughs> and so of course that's they they always kind of laugh at that and then shrug me off and then go get on their phone even more but. That's that's something I've noticed in yeah. in my ministry. So, but I will say this, Dan. Little side note: I was really shocked, and I, I don't guess I should be because I I know it happens. But in our Christian school, right after Christmas break, I was standing in our office, and uh, our students uh, are not allowed to have their phones during the school day. They have to turn them into the office at the beginning of the day, and then they pick them up uh, at the the last bell. And so I'm standing in the office and it's three o'clock. The bell had just rung and uh, three girls who um, were in third grade came up to the window and asked for their phone. And I looked at them and I said, what are you doing? And they said, we all got phones for Christmas. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so third, (laughs) third grade, they were grabbing smartphones. I mean, iPhones. That's what they were grabbing. And um, 
again, I shouldn't be distracted or surprised by that, but it uh, it surprised me. It it is the reality. Um, I know that again. My <laughs> my first phone was well after I got out of college, but that was just because of the technology of the day. Um, when I was to give you, I want to give you perspective for you listening. Um, I'm 48. I graduated from high school in 1990. And so for somebody to have an extra phone or to have a phone, um, what that meant was that they had a house phone, but then they had a second line in their house that the, that that student had in their room or in a second floor or something like that. One of my good buddies, he had a, a phone line upstairs where I'd call and just talk with him. And so that was something that was special. What's happened now, it's almost like students feel it is their right. That is what everybody has to have. But it's interesting to hear that your group has been, in a way, delayed in that regard. And so it's probably, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a positive thing. you got students interacting with students. It sounds like some good stuff. Well, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is this idea of smartphone addiction. Chris and and Zach and I were all reading through an article uh, by Axis.org. They are a great organization that talks about things that students are going through and helps parents understand that. In fact, they have a culture translator email that you can sign up for and find out information about. Um, And so we'll have some of these, the books and resources and things that we've talked about in the show notes on this one. Chris, do you experience that? Have you seen that in in any of your students or maybe the, your students at your Christian school? Yeah. You know, I want to be, I always want to be hesitant to, to use that word. And I, and I know you are too, Dan, uh, the word addicted. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. but, but, but I, I certainly know what you mean. And I would say, yes, I've seen that. I, I believe that we see signs of addiction when there are legitimate withdrawals. And I think the addiction comes maybe not so much from the smartphone, but from the uh, the apps and the social media apps that the the kids are using. And so, obviously, Snapchat yeah. is a is yeah. a big one, you know. And to be able to keep those snap streaks and uh, you know going, and I, I mean, there is a I have seen real anxiety and panic in teenagers in our school whenever they have to turn their phones in in the morning. And they know that their snap streak is going to be broken. And it's, you know, to me as a, I mean, I'm a millennial, but to me who, who, I mean, I'm not on Snapchat, uh, that's on purpose. And of course I just, you know, I see it and I think, man, that's just nonsense. But I have to, I have to stop and remember like, this is real life for them. And this is, uh, unfortunately, Right, um, something right. that they're really dealing with. I wish it wasn't the case, but I think in things like that, I would certainly say, yeah, there, there's a level of of addiction there that is uh, obviously not healthy. Well, as you mentioned, the word addiction probably is too strong for most of these situations. I think that is the the extreme case, but there is definitely smartphone overuse. Um, and it is impacting our students to a large degree. There's a great, I've, I haven't completed it all the way through, just to make sure I'm transparent about it. I've watched most of it. It's called The Social Dilemma. It's a kind of docudrama that's, going, that's on Netflix that talks about uh, smartphone addiction. 
and the the way that apps um, like Facebook and Instagram they're utilizing those algorithms to keep you more engaged and more involved. Um, I, in fact, I was watching watching that and was just shocked. Family sat down at uh, the dinner table. Um, the mother had gathered up the phones from the students and put them in like this like clear lockbox thing. Um, and then all of a sudden they're just talking for a while. They're going along. And then the youngest daughter gets up and walks over there, takes a hammer and smashes the box so that she can get her phone out. <laughs> and I just, I sat there going, is this real? Is this something that people do? And unfortunately there is, I mean, that's where you get those, those issues that kind of withdraw stuff that's going on. And you're right though. It's more about the apps, you know, can't keep your street going or you can't, uh, post and you can't see what other people are doing and and it just gets really hard. And so what I wanted for us to get to the practical piece as as we talk today was to really look at, okay, what do we do about smartphones in our student ministry? I think there's some definite, there's some other advantages, some other cool things that we haven't really touched on that are good. It does keep us connected as youth pastors, connected with our parents. It's great for communication. Um, I think that the ability to get in here with a a Bible app and to be able to to utilize that, and there's some things that that uh, version that I haven't ever even utilized that I know my my friend Wade Allen, who's a pastor at Temple and, and Rogers, he has you know notes and different things. So can you think of other, before we get to kind of how we deal with it, can you think of some other positives that might be out there for student ministry with our smartphones? Yeah, you know, I think for us as student pastors, this is a huge opportunity for us to to teach um, our students some very valuable uh, truths from God's Word. Now, we know that this all should start in the home. And, and we as student pastors have the, right. uh, the job of coming alongside and supplementing what moms and dads are, are already doing. But we also know that there's several cases that are in our student ministries where uh, that type of instruction is not in the home. But when we think about this, I mean, the positive in my mind is this is where we can highlight something very critical about the human condition, where we are very good at taking, I believe, good things, good tools and good gifts and using them in sinful ways. And and so I don't have any problem saying that mm, we live yeah. in a time where technology and I would include obviously smartphones in that, uh, those are those are really powerful tools that can be leveraged for the gospel and for the glory of God. But yet we tend to instead use them in sinful ways where we we make them very much uh, all about ourself. Uh, I mean, you just think about the whole selfie idea and, and that I think alone proves the point. Uh, yeah. So so a positive outlook I think we need to have is like, you know, let's not just always throw in the Gen Z ling- lingo, let's not just always throw shade on uh, the smartphone that a kid may have in their pocket, but let's teach them how to use it. Man, it is a piece of technology. When you think about the printing press and what that did for the spread of God's word around the world, you think about radio, television, well, the internet in general, there is, there is so much good that can be done for the gospel. Uh, now, 
the flip side, all of those have been misused. All of those have been taken to a sinful place. And so it is, it is an opportunity for us to, to talk to them about it and help them utilize it for good. One of my students, love her to death. She started her own Instagram, an extra account, not just her personal one, but one that is focused in on uh, sharing God's word. Um, and so she'll have lessons, she'll have verses. She, she is trying to utilize that for the gospel. And I think that's, again, a very powerful way for us to, to teach and to, to encourage them in that. Again, to get to the, the practical, get to that thing that we, somebody listening can go, okay, hey, this is at least to think about it. I'd like to talk about some of the ways that we're working with smartphones in our ministry. Because, you know, you talked about it with your school. Your school requires that your students bring their smartphones and check them in at the office if they're going to bring them. What do you do on a normal student meeting? If you are meeting with your students on a Wednesday night, you know, normal youth group time, do you do anything about smartphones? Have you made any hard and fast rules or what do you do, Chris? No, I I haven't made any hard and fast rules. Um, I usually don't, it, it's not a, it's not a problem in, in our student ministry. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have several students who do have phones. If, if I see that they are a distraction, I have no problem calling that student out, um, if they're being a distraction to others, but that rarely happens. I mean, it's happened in the last seven years, it's happened maybe twice. Um, you know, and, and I, I don't do that mm. because I don't try to embarrass students or anything like that. But if it's, if it's apparently, a distraction, then I, I deal with that. But um, no, I mean, I don't, I don't make them turn their phones in at the door uh, or anything like that. Uh, I have no problem from the, from the stage when I'm preaching to say, you know, if you don't have a Bible, but you have a Bible on your phone, um, then, you know, open up your Bible on your phone. I, I think it's a good tool to use like that. But uh, I also don't, I don't try to make the phone um, a, a central element of, of our service either. So in other words, I, I don't, I don't bring it up as a point to say, get rid of it. And I also don't bring it up as a point to say, Hey, let's, let's, let's find ways to use it during the service. Um, other than I might mention like what I Mm, just said, you know, um, if you have a Bible and it's on your phone, then, you know, turn it on. And, uh, other than that, that, that's just kind of how I, how I roll with it on a regular basis. Well, I know um, conferences are a little bit different. Um, one of the things that I remember doing at SOAR, you're the SOAR visionary leader now, they've actually utilized the students' phones to have them uh, send in pictures, to answer trivia type questions, a lot of lot of fun, positive things. But again, that's a conference. That's something different, unique. Um, there's enough usually going on on a stage uh, that it's going to draw those students, boom, right back to it those things aren't happening during a message. Um, but I do know at SOAR or other conferences, it's often hard to see what your text is if you're trying to read a paper Bible because the the congregation mm-hmm. area, the, the, the attendee area is usually darker and the stage is well lit. And so that's a, actually a positive for the phone in those cases. When you go on trips, how do you handle that? Do you do anything different with your with phones? Yeah, you know, um, it, it depends on the type of trip. Um, so, you know, let's take SOAR, for instance. Uh, from a youth pastor perspective, when when we're 
going down to the Metroplex in Dallas or where SOAR normally is, you know, I, I don't take phones up. I don't tell them to leave their phones at home. I just make it clear to parents that, you know, there's going to be times where the phone is put away unless they're using it for their Bible. Uh, but I, I don't want to cut off communication from the parents to their kids when we go to when we go to SOAR. But like camps or retreats, that's a that's a different scenario, I believe. That's where there's more intentionality to unplug from the things mm-hmm. around us. Yeah. And, and so in those settings, um, there is an emphasis to, Hey, let's, let's leave the phone at home. Uh, let's, let's leave the phone off the whole time. You know, if a parent just absolutely says my kid needs to take their phone with them, then, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue that, but I'll, I'll make sure that parents know, Hey, look, I'll have my phone on me. And so if you need to get in touch with the, your student, you can call me, uh, because this is the, one of the main purposes of us getting away this weekend. And I've learned that uh, from students because I've asked them, they actually really enjoy those times where they can unplug. And so they, they recognize about themselves that they're on their phone too much. And, uh, but they also admit that they don't know how to, how to stop. And so I think it's important for us as student pastors to give them glimpses uh, of what it looks like to, to do life with real people and to not have a screen in front of them uh, 24-7. You know, this past year, it has made it made it a little bit harder uh, to do ministry with real people and to have relationships. It seems like everything we've had to do has been virtual learning. So we're going through a screen or FaceTime or Zoom so that we can connect with people in that way. And I really look forward to a day when we're past some of these things and I'm hoping we'll get there so that we're going to be able to, you know, feel like we can have an, a movie night, (laughs) you know, as in our, in our area, um, we have, we have struggled a little bit more than some, maybe the more rural areas because we're higher density population. We I'm here in the Northwest corner of the state. And so our people have, we well, the only thing that we're having right now is morning worship still, and we're recording this on the very last day of February to twenty twenty one. And again, I'm hoping that we'll get past some of these things so that we can gather students together in a bigger way. Now, I know that that hasn't been the same across the state, but all of these things have kind of pointed students to technology, and I think they're getting tired of it. I think that you mentioned it. They're recognizing that they spend too much time. Camps, retreat, well, specifically retreats. Um, One of the things that I've been involved with myself has been on the leadership side of camps. Um, I've had the opportunity to work with other youth leaders and other other folks who just want the best for their students. And so it's our discussions have always been all over the board. Do we allow phones at our camps? Do we not? I now I know at a bigger camp, they have some built-in rules. Uh, but for us, we've always had the opportunity. It's an associational camp in, here in this Northwest uh, part of Arkansas. And so we've always tried to make that decision and kind of work around it. And I can argue it both ways right now, because one of the things that you mentioned, having the opportunity to have your Bible right there. Uh, but then the flip side is you want your students to unplug. I mean, you're there with people and you want them to connect with people because God created us for community. And so while a, a cell phone is great, a smartphone is great for connection, it's not really designed for community. 
And so if there's one thing I think we could take from all of this is that we want to encourage our students to be connecting in real ways and forming community with their their friends at church, have relationships outside of church, um, those connections so that they can effectively share the gospel with people. Smartphones are difficult. You know, I, we have we haven't touched on all the things that we could, but we definitely have touched on a few of them. Uh, there's a couple of phone, uh, books that I'd recommend that talk about dealing with technology. The Tech-Wise Family by Andy Crouch is uh, a good book. We carry it at our church, so if people want to pick up a copy. Then there's a book called Smartphone Sanity by David Eaton of Axis.org. Uh, both of those are good books that we would recommend if you're trying to navigate some of these things in your student ministry or trying, more importantly, helping your parents navigate this with the teenagers in their home. And so, Chris, do you have some other books or something you'd like to, to add to this as we finish up this conversation? Uh, sure. I, I would just echo uh, the TechWise family. There is uh, Most people are familiar with uh, Barna Research. And Barna has uh, recently opened up a platform that I believe is it's a subscription service. And I did a trial basis of it just to check it out. But basically for a, a very small amount each month, you can receive just full access to the to their library and re, of resources, which has not just data sets, but also uh, training and videos. And there's actually a course on there that takes you through the TechWise family. So if you're interested in that, if you're interested as a student pastor wanting to take maybe some of your your parents through that or just give that as a resource to them, there's there's an option for you to check out. Um, and I think that would be good. But then the other thing I would say is something that I just I, I briefly touched on earlier is, you know, let's let's show students a better way. And what I mean by that is you know, we need to understand that we, you know, Dan, you're older than me, but I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm certainly not Gen Z and, and we both see the value and know the value right, right. of, of, of a life before smartphones. But we're talking to teenagers who, I mean, they've never lived in a world without a smartphone. And, and so for them, when we talk about real community, I mean, there's community that happens online. There's, there's community that happens within, uh, the gaming world. There's, there's community that happens on games like among us. Uh, there's, there's community that's happening. I just think it's one of our jobs to help parents and the students, uh, see how they can leverage those type of, uh, relationships that, that type of platform in a, in a Christ honoring way. Uh, so I, I believe that I believe that this generation that we're called to to lead and to be a part of in uh, in the roles that we've been called to, I believe that they they want to make a difference. They just don't really know how, and and I believe they they really want to have an have yeah. an impact. Um, and I and I think we have a great opportunity to show them that that they can leverage the I mean their expertise in this digital world uh, in a in a very God glorifying way. And so uh, I think part of it's on us too, to just kind of change our outlook on this. And cause I used to be where we'd say, you know what, we just need to put the phone down. And I look, I totally agree. There are times where that is certainly called for, but then there's also times where I need to actually learn from my students on how to, how to, how to be a better online friend, 
if that makes sense. And uh, mm. so I think I no, think taking totally, it with a humble, totally. I think taking it with a humble attitude and knowing that that we live in a a different world than 15 years ago, and uh, that that things are changing, but that not everything has to change or needs to change. I, I believe that we can we can actually see some really cool things for the kingdom of God in the lives of our students. That's good stuff, Chris. Uh, student ministry is difficult. Technology can make it difficult, but also can make it exciting as we're trying to impact the world with the gospel. And if we can help our students utilize and not just utilize, but uh, take it, take advantage of all these things and help them become missionaries. That's what we want. We want to help them do that. And we do all these things. Well, we do these because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.